0: What's up, Whisper Nation? Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and the woman behind the glass, Chelsea Byers, are back at it. We are talking the 2019 Fantasy Football Storylines for the NFC and the AFC South. I hope you guys enjoy this show right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Yes,
1: we're back again. We're
2: back again.
1: Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right
2: here. Oh. Baby, baby, I-
1: What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, July 8th, and you're listening to episode 66 of the Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Johnny T- Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, and I'm Chelsea. And if you want to follow the show, you can do so on... Twitter at TF whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at the fantasy whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, the We've got articles, the latest episodes and rankings and coming just one week from today on July 15th, we will have the draft kit for the 2019 season uh, and big Travis and porn is heart into this thing. We've got lots of good work happening in the draft kit. So you're definitely going to want to check that out one week from today and make sure you sign up for our Patreon account. Uh, head over to the website and check it out.
0: Johnny's been pouring his heart into it, too, Chelsea. Yeah, I just got <laughs> thrown under the bus there. I, I've been I've been no, the I'm lazy just sitting one. With apparently. Big
1: Travi. <laughs> no, you guys pour your heart into everything. You do I'm sorry, Johnny? I didn't mean to throw you under. The bus. I think
0: it was more of a an
2: indictment on me. She's like, and for once, big Travi is pouring his heart <laughs> yeah, into something <laughs> here. So once in a while, Travi does get his hands dirty. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you, Whisper Nation, for joining us today. Uh, We are talking those fantasy football storylines for the 2019 season, and we're going by division. You know, last week we did the NFC and AFC North. We are now doing the NFC and AFC South. So we're diving in here, and Whisper Nation, these are a little bit chunkier of shows, right? They're bigger shows because we have a lot to talk about, and we've narrowed it down to one storyline per team being the most important thing for your fantasy football squads. We're gearing up just next week, not only... The, the second biggest news is that training camp opens. So the the first biggest news is our draft kit. So make sure you go over to the fantasy. <laughs> was, you get that draft kit. The second biggest is training camp is about to kick off. And so we want to get you guys geared up. What should you be looking out for in the 2019 season for these fantasy football storylines, Johnny?
0: Yeah, Travis, I'm really excited to jump into this show. We've got a lot of depth, a lot of analysis here. So uh, get your popcorn ready, Whisper Nation, because we're going to be coming fast and furious at you with these storylines and these stats. Too fast, too furious. Too fast for y'all, mate. Uh, but I think Chelsea has a very uh interesting question for us before we get into this, before we get into the meat. She's going to give us a little bit of appetizer here. She, she poured and, her heart into this question. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I just think it's interesting. Like, I was never really a big preseason football person. I love waiting for the real games to start. And honestly, being a fantasy football player has made my perspective shift on that. Mm. Preseason feels actually really... Big and really essential. Uh, I can't go into a draft without seeing what some of my uh, players may be doing on the field. Um, am I thinking about that right, guys? Is preseason as important as I'm putting the weight into? It's just three weeks away. Should I be clearing my Sunday schedule now?
2: One hundred percent. I don't know if you need to clear your Sunday schedule because uh, if you actually sign up for NFL Replay, you can watch all those games yeah. uh, and you can do them in the condensed fashion. So that's always a good strategy. We, we to aren't do. getting paid for that plug. But yeah, but we should not be, yet. But we should. Yeah, they'll be coming. <laughs> yeah. in. But uh, uh, a point I wanted to make here is that preseason isn't like the typical regular season schedule. They're going to have games on on various days, so you g- it gives you a chance to find points in your week to catch up. You really watching the first couple series anyways right you're not going to be watching a ton of the the meat of this game because a lot of it gets into guys that aren't going to be fantasy relevant but there are some gems obviously of course and then for dynasty of course you're going to dive a little bit deeper Mm. but i did just want to plug before uh johnny gives his point on preseason uh matt potvin he's a writer for our site he wrote a great article last year about what to watch for in the preseason why you watch the preseason um it's still up on the site the com. so go check that out because and I think he'll probably have a 2019 version coming out. I got to talk to him, but I I think it's a real good perspective on what preseason can mean especially for fantasy football.
0: Yeah, I mean, preseason to me is uh like a sampler plate, right? You get a you get a little bit of sample of a lot of different things and if you're especially, you know, you're not high on something, you know, you you think that hey, I might like that, but I'm not sure. So you get that sample plate, Travis, and and you get to taste the food. Just taste it and and see whether you're going to want to get that as your main course. And that's the main thing that I like. What? Uh, what's your favorite sampler food?
2: <laughs> like if you had one, like onion rings, mat sticks. Ooh. Like what do you like the best? Like little chicken wing.
0: I like I like chicken wings, nachos. Uh, oh, chicken. Well, but nachos can be taken as like a, a full meal right there. So I'm, and I guess you can it. Beer sample, beer flight. Oh, yeah. All right. Way. You know, I love beer flights because – and I guess that's probably be- the better analogy there. Uh, that's what I put my heart and soul into. That's what I should focus on. Uh, so um, a beer flight because, you know, you, t- you taste some porters. You taste some IPAs. Maybe you're not, you know, into that stuff completely, but you get a little dabble of it, and, you know, you you evaluate your palate there. So uh, that's what I like. and And then you can see if you want that full beer. Or if that sample, you know, that flight is just enough for you.
1: So that's the preseason in a nutshell. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Sampler nutshell. All right,
2: guys, we're jumping in right now. We're doing the NFC South first. Johnny, we're going to talk to New Orleans Saints. And the biggest storyline here is kind of not the running back position or uh, not the the main running back in Alvin Kamara. We know he's a stud. We know he's highly efficient. We know he's is. But let's talk a little bit about... Latavius Murray, Johnny. Um, maybe not somebody you guys are, you know, talking about or thinking about right now, but he's becoming maybe just a big value here, currently being drafted as the RB36, Johnny. Last year, uh Ingram with a four-game suspension, he was being drafted as the RB23. And you've got a lot of, you know, a lot in your arsenal to say here that Ingram and Latavius Murray are not as far off as we initially thought.
0: Yeah, Travis. I mean, and if you think back to last summer, everyone was excited about Mark Ingram, right? They're like, oh, he's such a value because when he comes back, he's going to be so valuable to this offense. And I, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of storylines that are, are going on for this Saints offense. You know, who's the number two wide receiver, all, all the house drew Brees, but for me, I want to. I want to. I have a, an image in my head of what Latavius Murray is, and I'm going to tell you that right now. But I want to make sure that what my my data is showing me is backed up in the preseason. So, when you look at Latavius Murray, Travis, he was ranked. Per pro football focus as tied for 17th with Carrion Johnson in a rushing grade with 77.9. He was tied for 23rd with Christian McCaffrey in breakaway percentage with 32.1. He was forty-third in elusive rating with thirty-two uh, with thirty-two point one. So that that those stats are, are pretty nice for what kind of you get a nice picture of what Latavius Murray kind of is as a football player, but I want to dive now more into what this Saints offense is and and why I think that Latavius Murray is such a value right now in fantasy football. Since Drew Brees has been with the Saints, no other team has had more fantasy points at the running back position than the Saints. So uh, you also looked at the Saints. They have finished top six in rushing touchdowns in five straight seasons. Latavius Murray, he ranks fourth amongst the league with 26 rushing TDs over the last three seasons. Mark Ingram who just left well he had 19 carries inside the uh, the inside of the 10 yard line each of his past 2 seasons and Latavius Murray In that same distance has scored on 35.7% of his carries inside the 10-yard line and 53.1% of his carries inside the 5-yard line over the last three years. So you want to compare that to Mark Ingram who just left? Well, Mark Ingram doesn't compare at all. He has 26.7% and 43.8%. He's actually more in line with dare I say, Alvin Kamara, who has 34% and 52.9%. So I definitely think that Latavius Murray is a tremendous value, and he's being overlooked in a lot of fantasy leagues. And if you're listening to the Fantasy Whispers and trusting in us, which you should do, uh, Latavius Murray is an absolute steal where he's going. I do expect his draft stock to go up once people do start seeing in preseason that they are going to continue to split these carries. They're not going to all of a sudden give Alvin Kamara over 250 touches. He doesn't need it. He's a, a smaller back. So therefore yeah. they want to keep him fresh.
2: Yeah, no. And I really like what you said here. This is talked about so far because it's that real true under the radar because people are sleeping on Latavius Murray here. Murray has been a top 24 fantasy running back in three of five seasons in the league in his five-year career. so And then he's only missed three games in in those five years. This is a guy that they saw Mark what they had in Mark Ingram. They knew he was going to demand a high contract, and they said, bye, Felicia. We don't need you. We're going to go get Latavius Murray now. And I think, honestly, we should be starting to take a real, real good look and Whisper Nation take a real good look at how Latavius Murray is used in this offense, especially going into the preseason. Uh, Speaking of offenses, that's kind of what this NFC South is known for um it's got a lot of high powered offenses and Bruce Arians comes to an already high volume pass offense last year uh talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Johnny uh you know we we've been going back and forth on this guy cuz we love his talent so once again this is not an indictment on Chris Godwin's talent but we both are in the same mindset here that the the hype has gone a little too far here John
0: yeah the i i think that where Chris Godwin is currently going in drafts uh that's kind of going to be probably where his peak is, his peak value, if he even gets to that point, Travis. Uh, You look at what Bruce Arians does with his wide receiver twos, uh, and everyone wants to say, oh, he's getting the Larry Fitzgerald role, and what did we immediately think of when Larry Fitzgerald? Well, Larry Fitzgerald was the number one wide receiver in Arizona. Chris Godwin is not that number one wide receiver, Travis. And so what I like to see is, you know, what was the Larry Fitzgerald role before Larry Fitzgerald? Well, that was the uh, that was the Heinz uh, Ward role, excuse me uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers days. and out of the five years that BA ran that offense, Heinz Ward only had over a thousand receiving yards twice and he was uh, his second and third year in that offense. This offense is pretty complex. So to think that instantly in one year, Chris Godwin is going to be able to come in and automatically produce over a thousand yards is is not a far fetch. It's definitely in the realm of possibilities, but let's temper our expectations there. In those two years when uh, when Heinz Ward had you know over a thousand yards, he had to do that on 124 targets and 137 targets. Travis, in order to do that, it would require that Chris Godwin gets 24 percent market share. In that offense. Now, with OJ Howard in that offense and with Mike Evans, who I think are both higher in the pecking order than than Chris Godwin, I'm, I'm just seeing that it's going to fall short. And I think a lot of people and I'm hoping Whisper Nation, uh, you guys stay out of that and let somebody else, <laughs> uh, you know, take take that little, uh, you know, take him and and believe in that upside. And I, I think that you should pass on Chris Godwin where his current value is uh, because I think it's just too rich uh, for my blood and I think it should be too rich for Whisper Nation's blood.
2: Yeah, and a lot of this is the storyline, right? So we need to watch the offense and see if if Godwin does start to emerge because we know Jameis Winston's history. He's loved using the tight end position and Mike Evans. I mean, that's really what he's leaned on. And so when Johnny says, hey, look, we, we think it's going to be Mike Evans and then O.J. Howard in this offense. That's because of statistical data that we've seen in Jameis Winston going to those positions. But another thing we can look on in the history of is Bruce Arians coming to this offense who has not had, you know, in the last six years that he's been a play caller, he's only seen three wide receiver one finishes and they were all by the true number one wide receiver on their team. And so for me, that's Mike Evans and I think it's more. And, you know, there is a, there's a, uh, uh, argument to be said that we could see a little bit of passing regression in an Arians offense, just because all this did, all this team did was last year was throw the football. They were second or they were number one in the NFL in pass attempts. And I think that could actually go down because Bruce Arians sprinkles in the run game, gets that going, uh, gets, you know, he loves using the running back. So I think that could be a situation where you're actually looking at a team that has, you know, one to two options and they're, and they are Mike Evans and uh, and uh OJ Howard. So, Moving on, though, Johnny, let's talk a little bit about the Carolina Panthers, um, and let's talk about a guy that's being drafted in that elite top four, Christian McCaffrey, 96% of the team's snaps last year, so speaking of regression, are we seeing a situation where we could see Christian McCaffrey regress in this offense?
0: Yeah, Travis, I mean, last year he was a, you know, a sleeper towards the back end, back end of the first round, uh, and he was actually, he started in the second round uh, when we first started doing mock drafts last season, and then he, he rose until uh, the end of the first round, and you look at what he had, what he did last year, right, Travis? 11 of 16 weeks, he was an RB1, he was an RB2 14 of the 16 weeks. Super productive, super consistent, you like that. Uh, eight top five finishes, which is really nice. But the thing is, Travis, he had 343 total touches last year. Just to bounce that over, Cam Newton, he had like 470 something, Uh, I don't know exactly, 470 something passing attempts. So you're yeah, looking 471 at a, 471 thank you uh so you're looking at a guy who almost had as many touches as the quarterback in that offense right. and so wow. for me it's like it, it, can Christian McCaffrey repeat those total touches i think he definitely can because we know north turner we know that offense and you know how north turner likes to stick with one guy and, and all of that and that's great uh but there's a couple of, he had a 5.0 yard per carry average and he and he had a quite high uh yard per catch of 8.1 so if any of those you know come down and then he regresses in the total touches because you also have DJ Moore who's taking a step up this year and Curtis Samuels who both of those guys uh they say you know are fantasy sleepers um you got to say okay where where's this volume going to come from because like we said Cam Newton only threw the ball 471 times you'd say that's really really low right Travis it doesn't seem that high yeah. compared to some of these other guys but the thing is is that's right on average of where Cam normally throws he normally throws in about the 470 range so uh it, to me it's just pointing that he'll be a little bit less productive than he was last year am I completely off CMC? Absolutely not. The guy is an animal, he's a beast, but I just want to be I want to let Whisper Nation know from what I'm looking at, I do expect a little bit of a regression there. Yeah, I want to
2: talk a little bit about the regression here because you actually brought up a couple points that I think actually make the case for positive regression for the Carolina Panthers. On the whole, we're looking at a team, you know, Cam threw only 471 times. He only played in 14 games. Sure. So we got we to gotta remember that. Like, he's got two more games he could have played last year. I really like the way that this offense is poised to take a step forward on the offensive line. You talked about the receivers, right? So, yes, could Christian McCaffrey's efficiency come down a little bit? Sure. But I think the opportunities that this offense could have going forward next year with an improvement on the offensive line, with the improvement in the receiving core, you could actually see uh, a case for some positive regression in categories for a lot of these guys. And that's why Cam's one of my favorite guys to target late in drafts Mm -hmm. because I think people are sleeping on him because of the shoulder injury. It it reminds him too much of Andrew Luck, but it's not anywhere near the same injury or near the same situation uh, for me. And I think Cam's a a real sleeper. And I think this offense is is one that looks poised to run a few more plays and get a few more opportunities. And so I'm a little excited. And at CMC, like we talk about regression just to – have you you know set your expectations right, right. you know you but at the end of the day you're still drafting them in the top four you're not mad if you take them number one overall if he's a guy uh this is just the way it's going to be set up and i think that they'll try to mix them in and keep them fresh but they would rather use cmc to keep cam fresh than use cam more to keep cmc fresh in my opinion i think that's the pe- the pecking order in, the, in that regard um uh, moving on here johnny we're going to be talking about the atlanta falcons uh, one of our favorite storylines to watch here is a guy who has finished as the number one over- running back before in PPR formats in the, in fantasy football, and that's Devonta Freeman, who is currently being taken as the 18th running back off the board. If you look at his career, though, he's got that monster year, but he's really only got two big years. Uh, 2015, obviously, RB1. 2016 was the RB6. And then since then, he's battled injury has kind of been um, – you know, inconsistent as far as your fantasy team. So for me, Johnny, is that risk baked into his draft price, though, right now?
0: Uh, I do think that that risk is built into his draft price, which makes him very, very enticing. So it's do you want to gamble on a guy who does have an injury risk? We never like to say this player is going to get injured. And that's why, you know, and that's what we based our sole research on. So if I dive into the numbers, Travis, In order for him to be a top 12, so we we talked about he's the 18th current running back off the board, right? In order for him to get into that top 12 running back position, he's going to need about 270 total touches. Not just running, but running and catching, right? Because that's what he had those two monster seasons. He had over 270 touches. But what's the difference between those two years and what he's in now? Well, I would actually argue he's in a better position now than he yeah. was two years ago or three yeah. years ago because guess what? There's no Tevin Coleman in this offense, and the guy that's backing him up is Ido Smith. And, you uh, know, if you're watching this, say, no offense, dude, but uh, with all due respect, you're not that good of a football player in the NFL. Uh, so, uh, no, I mean, he's decent, he's, uh, he's but I'm just saying we saw what he Well, was there goes our shot today. to get Ito Smith on the show. <laughs> um, but... You know, you looked at what he did last year in the passing game, and Edo Smith was the worst yards per route run with .83. Well, what do we know about Devontae Freeman? He's actually a pretty good pass catcher. Uh, so with all these things being said, you know, there's no true depth. You have Edo Smith who can run the ball, but he wasn't even efficient at that. You have the fact that Tevin Coleman is now out of the system it just the the path is definitely there for uh Devante Freeman to be uh, an RB1 or very very close to it. It's very hard to see him also not being at least a top 24 running back this year. I mean, as long as he stays healthy. So for me, I definitely think that where he is going in drafts, he's worth the the gamble at, you know, that position especially if you take a wide receiver. In that second round, I think that you would be pairing Devonte Freeman with with your RB one possibly, or if you go running back or wide receiver, wide receiver, it might be a bigger gamble to take him as your running back one. But it, I, I wouldn't hate on someone if they did that, if that was their strategy or that's what they kind of deemed once the draft fell that way. Uh, I wouldn't immediately say, well, you're going to be you're going to be S.O.L. once the season comes along. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you make great points there. And Devonta Freeman is kind of in that int- round where you see a lot of guys are like have a case for this, like really interesting upside. Marlon Mack, a couple of the guys we're going to talk about today, Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, like these guys that have really good upside. Um, and he's one of them because he's done it before. So, I mean, RB6, RB1 at the position, the pass catching. He is in line to see the biggest volume, like you mm-hmm. said, Johnny, in his career. Um, and so that is something pretty crazy to be saying about a guy who's been RB one before. So I think that is, you know, uh, it's an interesting point. And just watch, watch how he recovers. Well, I think if he comes back healthy, you know, we you take injury out of it, he's probably one of the safer backs that are down there. Mm-hmm. But because of the offense that he's in, the offensive line is good. Matt Ryan is is healthy. That uh, that offense is is really good. So I like that. All right, so we're gonna go on to the AFC South, Johnny, and we're gonna talk about. Tennessee Titans, uh, running back, Derrick Henry, so much hype, so much buildup because of the way he finished last year. Johnny, he was the RB1 in PPR in the last month of the season, and you're like, okay, a lot of that was that Jacksonville game, right? Week 14, 228 yards, four touchdowns, right? But we have to look at those three weeks after that game and actually look, he scored three more rushing uh, touchdowns, ran for 347 yards on 70 attempts at the RB three for those three weeks. Um, so I really think that what we need to talk about is if we trust Tennessee or not to actually run this offense, because Deion Lewis didn't leave. Okay. And, and Matt LaFleur did obviously, but Derek Henry, can we trust that they're going to give him enough work? And I mean, obviously in standard, but in PPR formats, can you trust a guy like Henry who isn't going to get the passing ga- down work?
0: I mean, you definitely downgrade Derrick Henry in a PPR league, hundred um, percent. I would, I would, you know, take Marlon Mack. I would take uh, um, Leonard Fournette, uh, James Jones. I would take those guys over uh, Derrick Henry, just because of the passing, the passing ability, right. or the lack thereof, I guess. But you also look at—I think that this team finally figured out what they are. Right? They are going. They have to be a run-first team. Mariota can't stay healthy. Uh, they did bring in, uh, Ryan Tannehill, which dare I say, I think they should probably roll with Ryan Tannehill over, over, um, Oh uh, yeah, I, 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 that's probably not a popular opinion, but I I just say for what they want to run, it's hard to see like Mariota. We've been asking and wanting him to take these giant steps, but he just hasn't been able to do it. And so for me, I, I think that they are going to lean on that run game because we, we did see what his upside was when they do give him the ball. He needs to have a lot of carries. He is going to run down, uh, run that defense down, wear him out, and then he'll be able to hit the home run at some point. So uh, I think that that's what they're going to lean on. That's the game plan that they are going to establish this year. And that was the true part, Travis, of why I was so scared off of Derrick Henry uh, in the beginning of this you know, offseason was I was like, Tennessee's big thing is they don't know who they are. You know they have Corey Davis. who You know I got on the wall. They you know there was a big thing that he's the one number one wide receiver, and that you know we need to be a, a pass first offense with you know play action. And they brought in Dion Lewis, who's you know can run and pass out of the backfield and or catch out of the backfield. And so I, I just don't think, like they had so many people in that front office saying, no, we should be this. No, we should be that. And saying instead of like revealing their cards and saying, let's look and see what we actually are. And I think yeah. that towards the end of the season, they were out of it. And so they were like, all right, we're just going to dumb this down and figure out, are we a running team? Can we succe- Can we be successful in that way? And I think that they were, and they saw that. And so why would they turn back on that now? Um, yeah, I, I love I love the points
2: you hit on there. All of them, right? Marcus Mariota keeping him healthy. What does that running the football? Mm-hmm. We're a defensive minded team. Mike Vrabel is a defensive coach. He's their head coach. We're going to run the football. And we saw Derrick Henry at the end of last year. He He was very successful for our team. We've got to run the football. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are lining up for them to do it. If they'll stay successful enough on offense to get enough opportunities, we'll see. But I think Derrick Henry is a good bet to see a lot of volume this year and do a lot with his volume. We see what he does when he has it. So moving on, though, to the Indianapolis Colts, the cream of the crop, so to speak, in this division. Uh, Marlon Mack is a guy that's interesting. The storyline here and looking at what his ceiling is in this offense Uh, Once again, a guy going in that range, that third-round range, it's very important that you nail your first three picks, right? And this could be a guy on a lot of rosters that could either make or break those drafts. Um, We look at what he did. He he missed four games last year because of the hamstring to start off the season. But from week six on, man, this guy was incredible. 11 games, he was the RB7 in PPR. He had 874 rushing yards on 185 attempts, Johnny, 9 touchdowns 101 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown not too crazy there but i i like to look at this span and see how he chalked up uh, against the rest of the league third in rushing touchdowns in that span fifth in rushing attempts and fourth in rushing yards johnny we're looking at a guy that has serious top five upside in an andrew luck offense with behind that incredible offensive line if you're telling stories you know if you're if you're telling the story You know, Marlon Mack is an RB one, you know, top five RB one at the end of the year. There's a lot of things that line up to fit that narrative with with Andrew Luck on that offense. So, Johnny, this is one of the most interesting storylines going into the 2019 season.
0: Oh, for sure. I want to see if they continue to back up their word, because, Travis, in today's day and age of social media and all of that, we tend to we have almost gotten to the point where. In the beginning, right, all this news came out, and we were so buy- we were buying into every every piece of it, right. And what ended up happening was a lot of people ended up getting burnt several seasons, and and so all of a sudden the narrative has uh, shifted to, oh well, we can't trust anything that any of these people are saying because they're just storylines, right. And right. yeah, some of them are overhyped. Amari Cooper thinking he's going to get two over two thousand receiving yards, right. like when he's never even gotten over. 1200 you know yeah Um, so we we almost started to become overly cynical of what these storylines were coming out and of one of which and i I distinctly remember our conversation on this there was a nugget last year that came out where it said marlon mack is is able to rush for over 1500 it was it was jim ursay the
2: owner of the Colts, said that he could be a 1000 and 1000 guy and we laughed at that right and yeah. and- I
1: wrote it in my diary. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jim Ursay made a very <laughs> funny ju- <Yeah. laughs>
0: So, uh and, and we did. But all of a sudden, la- what changed, Travis? Because we backed that conversation up midway, you know, after he started to come back and we're mm-hmm. like... Oh my gosh, was Jim Ursay actually telling us the truth? And maybe he wasn't just popping pills and being drunk. Like right, maybe. exactly. <laughs> was it maybe he wasn't just getting all in his feelings? Uh, <laughs> and so for me, I wanna I do want to see in preseason exactly are they only going to use uh Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines? Naheem Hines is going to get that third down uh, role. You know, Marlon Mack isn't much of a pass catcher, Travis. But I don't I'm not necessarily so concerned with that. Yes, if I'm I mean he team, can. He's he can he's serviceable in that realm. They right. obviously
2: want to use Heinz more. But I will say, you know, Frank Reich has come out and said we want Marlon Mack to be the guy. And and right. so along that same vein where you're talking about what do we trust, who do we trust, Reich has actually been pretty spot on since he came in. I remember exactly. last year him saying Eric Ebron was elite and then all of a sudden Eric Ebron is catching a ton of touchdown passes for this team. Right. Um, so I just, I think you yeah, I yeah. think Marlon Mack is super interesting.
0: And then you look at some of the, the things that he was doing right over, uh, when he came back from injury, he was averaging 17 yards or 17 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown, a, an entire touchdown per game. Travis, uh, he had, the, he has uh, a rare ability that a lot of these other players, running backs that we talk about that are going in that range don't have. And that's that this offense is so explosive that he literally can roll out of bed and probably score a touchdown based on their opportunities in that red zone and the fact that the coaches come out and said, yes, we want to make Marlon Mack the main guy. And then, you know, over the offseason, they didn't do anything about it. We kept thinking that was what was going to happen. Oh, they're going to bring in Le'Veon Bell. Didn't happen. Oh, they're going to draft a running back didn't happen. So I think at this point, we have to start believing what they're saying over there. And so, uh, you know, I have full confidence in Marlon Mack. Again, I want to watch it in preseason to make sure that he's still the same back that he was last year. Hopefully, he's not less motivated now that they're kind of giving him the reins off the bat. Uh, Maybe last year he felt like he had to prove it. Uh, So Mm. that would be my only concern, realistically. But I will be watching, you know, what he's doing in preseason, making sure that he's. You know, not trying to get too fancy. That he's he's running the same kind of ball, and I and I think because of who that they who they have in that offense or behind him, that he isn't going to just lax. That he will continue to try to prove people he is one of the best running backs in the league. Marlon Mack, Johnny is watching you, so make sure you're on your p's and q's. <laughs>
2: now, um, moving on though to another team we'll be watching in a storyline here, Texans. Johnny, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league, and one of the most exciting quarterbacks for my rankings, uh, that I'm you know digging into these rankings, and I just I'm I'm finding it hard to not rank Deshaun Watson at, at least one or two in my rankings and call me crazy, but we've seen what this guy can do. And he did a lot, you know, QB4 last year with not really much besides DeAndre Hopkins in that offense.
0: And a couple of trash cans, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: So the the big storyline here is Johnny. Can this offense support three fantasy options in 2019? So uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and and somebody else. Obviously, we know Will Fuller. We know what we can do here. What what about Kiki Cutie? I mean, what, what you got going
0: on here? I I hope you were just. I hope you were looking at the notes. I I was hoping you would catch that. My little difference there. Uh, the Kiki QT which oh, so yeah. much of us Arizonans are quick so, trip. Yeah. So, so <laughs> fond of, um, and Travis, you looked at what Deshaun Watson did last year, right? And, uh, and, and quarterbacks who have thrown over 600 passes in their first two seasons, Deshaun Watson, first in completion percentage, third in yards per attempt, fifth in passing yards per game, third in rushing yards per game, sixth in touchdown percentage, third in running and quarterback rating. So you tie all of this stuff together and then you want to bring up the the wide receivers that he has. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best in the the game. Will Fuller, super underrated. Uh, You look at those, just those two combined, Travis, and over the span of the last two years, now I understand one, Deshaun Watson wasn't healthy uh, his entire uh, rookie year and Yet still, and Will Fuller has missed a grip of time as well. And still, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller have finished both as wide receiver ones on the week five times. So can DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki Cutie all be, you know, top 28 wide receivers? I think so. If we're expecting, you know, all of these stats and all of these trends for Deshaun Watson to continue to trend upwards or go along the same trajectory, I think it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. What's super nice is all these guys are so scattered amongst drafts, right? You have uh, Hopkins, who's a first rounder. You have Will Fuller, who's a, a sixth, seventh rounder, and then you have Kiki Cutie, who's you know a tenth, ninth, tenth rounder. So literally. I just want a piece of this offense. I am fine taking any one of those guys. You know, you have the upside with Kiki Cutie, unfortunately, knowing that Will Fuller tends to miss time. Uh, So Kiki Cutie has an opportunity to step into the wide receiver too for you, but you're getting him super late. So uh, I want to see exactly how the offense is clicking uh, and how that offensive line, more importantly, if that offensive line can just even get – a little bit better than what they were running out there last year, Travis. The sky is the limit for this offense, and I want a piece of it. Give me a piece. Yeah, I think that the the
2: unsung hero here to talk about is actually the fact that the Houston. I need
0: a hero. Sorry, <laughs> I had to just jump into that, dude. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky. I unsung, un, unsung uh, hero. Oh, sorry, I heard, my, I don't, Siri, don't sing. I, I heard sing. I was like Siri. I heard sing. I need a hero. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um,
2: but I think if you look at Houston's defense, it actually got worse on defense. And I think yeah. that could play into the offense's hand, because if they get in a lot of shootouts, you're going to see the ball a ton. And so once again, Johnny, you listed out all these options that he has. If we get a fully healthy season about uh, uh, with these weapons, I don't see a story or I don't see a narrative where Deshaun Watson isn't a top three quarterback in the end in, in fantasy football. And I think, like really number one upside, you know, maybe some record breaking upside if he can get a full season, especially with Will Fuller, man, that is what the fantasy community is dying for is a full season of Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson together, fully healthy. And I just think there's a lot of upside there. Speaking of upside, we're going to talk about our final team here, our final storyline, and that's on the Jacksonville Jaguars with Leonard Fournette, Johnny, a guy who's you know got first round pedigree in the NFL draft has had first round pedigree in fantasy football drafts we love the talent here the problem has been you know mostly the foot injuries and maybe even some off field stuff in his relationship with the coaching staff i just i look at what he's done people don't give him enough credit for catching the football he's averaged 2.75 catches per game uh, that would have put him at 44 last year uh, so if he does increase in his passing game usage, which Nick Foles has already come out and said, I love throwing to the running backs. Uh, he's also said Leonard Fournette's going to be a huge part of this offense. Leonard Fournette has echoed that they haven't really gotten on him in the media lately, which is something they tend to do with him, meaning that I think they are ready to go all in one last time on him and yeah. see what they truly have before they try to extend him. If he increases and can be within that forty-five to fifty-five catches a year, that would be in the top 15. He'd be around guys like Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Joe Mixon. So, like he I love drafting Fournette in a lot of drafts early this year because I think you you get some of that risk built in uh to where he's going in that third round and that interesting spot for a guy that really does, if we're being honest, based on talent and opportunity, has top five upside. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah, I think Leonard Fournette is one of the biggest steals in the draft, Travis, because just last year he was going top ten. And then, you know, it is the injury risk that's scaring people away. But when he plays, he is a top – he is a RB1. And so you're going to get that at a tremendous value, uh, similar to, you know, we saw this in the pre-season – or a few months ago. And you and I talked about it, We talked about it on the show uh, how David Johnson was kind of suffering the same kind of thing, right? He was injured. People, you know, slept on him a little bit. And then he was... Todd oh, Gurley of to two years to, ago. Todd Gurley, exactly. Perfect point. That's even a better one. Todd Gurley of two years ago. So, and what happened is the people who, who took that took Todd Gurley, 99% of the time, they were in the championship or they won the championship because it was such a value and such a steal there. So, uh, I, I think that... Leonard Fournette I agree with you I think that they are all in on him they are going to give him his final shot and say hey not only are we going to give you a final shot but we're going to go all in on you and have full trust and see what you could do with that and I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to this season I'm looking forward to Leonard Fournette uh, shutting down all his haters and saying those haters are my motivators I'm going to show you what's up
2: all right speaking of haters uh, we wanna ask Chelsea if we're gonna have any haters.
1: <laughs> oh, I I was a yeah. hater. No, uh, uh, didn't hate this one. Yeah. Didn't hate it at any, all. Any
2: any we're gonna get any haters no, after this episode? No,
1: I mean maybe. Uh Edo <laughs> Smith I think got put on blast in this What's episode. That? Uh, the running back that oh, Johnny Ito put on Smith. Blast. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah,
1: just wow, that yeah. was extreme. And sometimes you we're
2: got so this it. really Smith's honest. agent, uh, we still do want him on the show. Uh contrary to what Johnny hey. said, if he could them on the show. That'd Sometimes
0: you got to be brutally honest to your children. You got to let them know. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> Once again, we're just going to throw this out here. Johnny doesn't speak for the
2: entire Fantasy Whispers. Uh we do not suggest new parents out there that you tell your children they <laughs> suck. Uh, correct. Even um, if they do. So my
1: question to you guys, uh I'm going to go with the same thing I asked last week. Uh what there's a lot going on. So what do you what are you paying attention to? What gets you the most excited?
2: I'll uh, I'll jump in here first. I think for me, it's uh, the Marlon Mack scenario in Indy. For sure. Uh, Just it's not even so much that I think that they'll work anybody else in. I want to see his health. Last year, he did not get to get into camp because of the hamstring injury. I want to see if this guy is fully healthy, fully getting involved and then see a couple series of that. The ones go out there and see what they do with them. Because I think this is a guy once again with top five upside just based on opportunity alone. Then you mix in if the guy can actually be as talented as as Jim Irsay, who was drunk when he said it, says he is. But like I think it doesn't change the fact that Mac is that talented.
0: Yeah, um, that Marlon Mack would have been my number one. But since Travis uh, stole that from me, just much like he steals (laughs) a lot of things from me, uh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I will roll with uh, the New Orleans Saints and Latavius Murray. I want to see what his his usage is, mostly because of his draft value right now. I want to see if uh, what I think is going to happen, uh, you know kind of reveals itself in preseason because, again, I I think that he's a tremendous value as of right now. Again, we haven't seen any, any film or any footage of what they're going to use. We only have what we've seen. And so maybe they do come out and all of a sudden they say, Alvin Kamara, you know what? You were so efficient in the first four games last year still and you held up. So we're just going to give you that workhorse. And then all of a sudden we're not talking about Latavius Murray being a value. We would be saying – Alvin Kamara should be the number one running back overall, if that's the case uh, yeah. because of all of this. So uh, I will go with the new Orleans States running back situation is, is what I will be watching.
2: And we want to know what you're going to be watching. Whisper nation, please. If we didn't talk about a storyline, that's really near and dear to your heart really racking your brain on for the fantasy football season comment below let us know and we can discuss this further on on another episode or get in those dms and talk to you about it if you want any more content from us if you like this please first of all subscribe hit like and subscribe uh but also head to the fantasywhispers.com we've got all sorts of stuff over there it's a it's the main hub for all of our content and once again the draft kit will be coming out july 15th next monday so please Get on the website, check that out, and uh, get yourself a draft kit. Get prepared to dominate. For Big or I'm Big Travi <laughs> for Johnny Game Time Hicks and, and Chelsea Lee Byers. We are the Fantasy Whisperers. We're out. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.